Hi, welcome to another episode of the The Insider Podcast. My name is Sohail, your host. And uh, this week, uh, I would like to talk about a historical milestone for the cryptocurrency world, uh, particularly in the U.S., um, as well as the president of the U.S. talking about Bitcoin and the um, underlying hint that uh, could be a precursor for something that's not too good. So we've got good news, bad news, um, perhaps for cryptocurrency investors, particularly in the U.S. And then I also want to talk about the IRS, the tax man or woman, um, and an interesting insight. So very U.S. Uh, kind of oriented, but a very interesting uh thing for cryptocurrency investors uh, across the world as regulation and the government uh, starts to acknowledge uh, cryptocurrencies and digital assets. So this week on July the 10th, 2019, um, the first crypto token or security token uh, received SEC uh, qualification. Uh, SEC stands for the Securities and Exchange Commission in the U.S., and they have to essentially approve any public offering. Um, so uh, the company Blockstack uh, received this SEC approval, and uh, and this means that now they can, under a Reg A filing, which is essentially a, a filing where they can promote the security token to the, the public, to the general public, so they can market it, promote it on uh, social media in, in flyers, leaflets, and uh, and that and their uh, offering document uh, was approved. And uh, so Reg A is a relatively new um, form of financing in the sense that it's deemed to be as an alternative, uh, a lower cost alternative uh, to an initial public offering, uh, because uh, you know similarly in an initial public offering of shares, for example, you can promote the shares to the public. Um, but in return, you have to file a prospectus, right? And you have to list the shares on a, a recognized uh, stock exchange. So the Reg A was something that came out of the 2012 um, uh, Jobs Act. And Jobs is, um, you know, a lot of people don't know, it, ha- it doesn't really have to do anything uh, regarding jobs. Uh, the uh, acronym Jobs um, uh, stands for Jumpstart Our Business Startups. Act. So that's what job stands for, Jumpstart Our Business Startups. So quite interesting. Now, uh, so the Reg A features two different tiers, right? Allowing companies to raise either 20 million or 50 million over a 12 month period uh, with numerous securities exemptions. So that means that they don't have to file a full prospectus. Um, so it should cost them less. Um, and uh, Blockstack has said that it wants to raise $28 million in cash. Uh, offering uh, which will open, uh, you know, yesterday or it's it's live. So U.S. investors can now um, legally and without hesitation buy uh, Blockstack uh, tokens uh, using their credit or debit or the bank accounts. And so this is the first tokenized offering available to the general public. So this is good. And now, uh, you know, we're going to see a flurry of approvals. And I think this is good because this is going to actually create a lot of awareness and will give some legitimacy. And again, this is all about, you know, the conversations we've had in previous uh, episodes about STO, security token offering, and how all uh, initial coin offerings are, in fact, security offerings because the whole impetus, the whole incentive for people to buy these tokens is that the 
price of the token will appreciate, right? And you're buying it for investment uh, purposes. You know, utility token, yes, you want to use it on the platform, but as soon as it gets listed, you want to sell out and make money. So let's, you know, uh, call it what it is, right? And uh, so this will, I think, create a lot of opportunity. And uh, now uh, I came across uh, a note that it actually cost uh, um, the company uh, Blockstack around $2 million in legal fees to get this up and uh, running. So that's, you know, quite uh, a hefty amount of money. But again, you know, it, it cost them $2 million to go to the market to raise $28 million, you know, again. Um, so it may be worthwhile, but again, it, it isn't very accessible you know a lot of startups or if you have a small project that wants to raise five million um, or, or so you know two million dollars in legal fees to do a reggae offering and and to go through that whole sec process is quite ridiculous so uh but again i think this is going to legitimize uh, the asset class and you will see institutional money slowly start to take notice and um, and now, so as a result of this, uh, you know, the STO um, market uh, will see uh, growth. And, uh, you know, there's already, according to um, data from ICO Bench and others, you know, a billion dollars um, has already been raised uh, from security token offerings, you know, over the past years. And uh, now it's not a whole lot uh, Considering the ICO market and and the and the craziness we had back in 2017, but this is a slow, steady way of uh, growing the uh, cryptocurrency market. So that was the good news. Now, in terms of the bad news, the bad news was Donald uh, Trump, the president of the United States, uh, tweeting about Bitcoin, and uh, so this was uh, quite an interesting. Uh, uh, so he basically, uh, like he does in his traditional um, Don, uh, pre- uh, Donald Trump style. Uh, lambasted uh, Bitcoin, and let me just pull up the the tweet. I shared this on LinkedIn. Now, if you don't follow me on LinkedIn, just uh, you know, search uh, Sohail uh, A and uh, perhaps Scotland or the FN Group, and you will uh, find me on LinkedIn, and I'd be happy to connect with you. Uh, so, uh, what uh, Donald Trump said was that uh, you know Bitcoin is not a legitimate currency, uh, and you know, he also um, uh, was not uh, fond of uh, Libra, Facebook's uh, Libra coin. Now, on that uh, aspect of it, I do agree with the president. Uh, the, the Facebook, the Libra coin isn't really a cryptocurrency uh, in its true sense of being a decentralized uh, uh, form of money. Uh, but Bitcoin, it was interesting that he was... Uh, you know, putting down Bitcoin, and um, and the key there is that I think you know he may, uh, because remember, gold was outlawed in the U.S. at one point, right? And then it was removed in the monetary system. It was removed from the monetary system where the U.S. dollar did not have to have uh, gold uh, reserves back in the dollar. So, you know, I think this is, uh, you know, the president, you know, talking to too many people in the Fed, uh, Federal Reserve in the U.S. and the bankers, because the bankers obviously don't like Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies in general, because, you know, they're not able to make a lot of uh, transaction fees. Uh, There's no need for an intermediary uh, with Bitcoin. Um, So, uh, yeah, so in a worst case situation, I think, 
you know, if uh, the president is kind of, um, you know, because, you know, President Trump seems to, you know, move very quickly and, uh, and you know, takes actions without necessarily, um, you know, getting the full facts, uh, to say it nicely. So, you know, if he starts, uh, you know, tweeting more and talking about this, how Bitcoin is, so essentially in his tweets, he was saying that Bitcoin is uh, illegal, you know, it funds uh, uh uh, drug trafficking and all this and basically putting a very negative light on it he could you know and the inside story is that this could be a way for him to start if uh, you know bitcoin becomes or if cryptocurrencies become a bigger headache for the bankers um, and they don't go through the the regulatory process and they're not regulated they could be um, uh, deemed illegal right and now this could be a big, uh, uh, you know, this could probably end up being a, a big uh, case uh, in terms of the um, uh, the courts and determining, you know, if people have the right to own uh, Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies. But the president could do it, uh, could make an executive order banning cryptocurrencies, similar to something that uh, you know China has done, for example. Uh, India uh, is planning or is considering uh, banning cryptocurrencies. All right, a lot of countries, um, uh, you know, have declared cryptocurrency or holding or trading up cryptocurrency illegal. Now it's very difficult for them to enforce it, but if they do declare it illegal, um, you know, for example, in China, you know, you could be prosecuted or you could go to jail if you're caught, um, you know, particularly issuing tokens or issuing cryptocurrencies or promoting cryptocurrencies within the mainland. So what all these people have done is that they've actually moved outside of the country or have servers or people outside of China kind of selling into China, but they're not selling from within China. And, you know, it's, it's a digital world, you know, it's borderless. So you can't really, you know, get have people, um, you know, controlling or banning it, but by making it illegal, you know that would be a way for the government to cut down and deny access to a lot uh, to the public. So that was something uh, you know I don't think a lot of people caught up on uh, or, or looked into. And perhaps I'm being a little bit cynical here, uh, but I think that is could be something that um, can happen in the U.S. So similar to China and India. Um, and the last thing that I'd like to share with you this week, and this is actually um, uh, quite interesting. Um, you know, I want to talk about the IRS uh, and, and how they're starting to actually um, uh, clamp down on uh, cryptocurrency investors. Uh, but also before that, you know, there's, uh, again, another uh, exchange, another cryptocurrency exchange uh, that apparently had $32 million worth of cryptocurrency uh, stolen. This is Bitpoint in Japan and due to a cyber attack. Uh, so again, you have to be really, really careful. Uh, reminder um, to my friends and my listeners: you know, tr uh, avoid holding uh, too much uh, cryptocurrency or Ethereum, Bitcoin on the exchanges. Bring it back into your wallets, um, and only use the crypto uh, the exchanges for short-term positions or, or altcoins. And um, but uh, so that was uh, you know the interesting uh, uh, thing there, but. That also reminds me about Zoom. I want to touch upon that. There was actually a, a, quite a surprising um, uh, declaration from uh, Zoom. And uh, this is Zoom, sorry, the video conferencing uh, software, if you're not familiar with it. Uh, but essentially, Zoom had uh, 
you know, uh, talking about crypto uh, cryptography and how we're trying to make uh, secure and this whole digital environment more secure, um, there was a big security lapse with Zoom conferencing, which essentially meant that uh, anyone could tap into your video conference call, both the uh, the audio and the video, right? And uh, and this was actually the company itself, Zoom, installing a web server on your computer without you explicitly acknowledge, uh, accepting that or acknowledging uh, them to allow this web server to be on your computer. So, and anybody that had your ID, your meeting ID, could actually connect through that web server and listen in on your call. And it is quite, uh, you know, quite bad. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm shocked that, um, is this perhaps sloppy? Um, and, you know, so a simple thing, you know, there was, um, is to actually cover your camera. I don't know if you do this, but, you know, I simply uh, have one of those camera covers for my laptops. Um, on the iPad, it's a little bit, wee bit tough, uh, but I'll put a little sticker or something on it. And... Uh, and apparently Zoom uh, felt that you know they they couldn't they wanted to create a seamless one-click experience, so they didn't want to bother users with an additional dialog box saying that are you okay with us installing this server, which doesn't just stay on your computer for that one meeting, but actually gets installed um, and stays there and can be um, uh, used and uh, for people to listen in on any meetings. So this uh, problem has been updated. So if you have Zoom. Uh, on your Mac or iOS, that has been updated automatically, pushed through the app. If you have Zoom uh, conferencing software on your uh, uh, Microsoft uh, system, Windows, um, do make sure you go and update the software because it may not necessarily update uh, itself. I had to actually go under settings, say check for updates uh, and update the software. All right. So again, security, uh, security, security. Now, lastly, I will leave you with a, a kind of a, a death and taxes. You know, you can't get away from that. And um, so this is something that um, I came across, actually, a slide deck. Uh, and uh, I'm going to try to share this on my YouTube channel or on my blog, Sohail Ahmed, S-U-H-A-I-L, uh, S-U-H-A-I-L, Ahmed, A-H-M-A-D.com. Uh, but... This is where the IRS, which is the U.S. Internal Revenue Service, has now started uh, subpoenaing, subpoenaing major tech companies, Apple, Google, and Microsoft, in search of uh, taxpayers uh, not reporting their uh, cryptocurrency investments. And uh, so what they're basically doing is uh, they're training their staff on how to find these crypto wallets and forcing Apple, Google, and Microsoft under um, uh, the tax evasion laws to disclose um, IDs and what people may be holding under their accounts. So, um, and so what they can actually do is they can issue a grand jury subpoena, uh, which would force Apple or any tech provider um, to pr uh, give the IRS uh, anybody's uh, application download history. So they could actually see if you've downloaded this digital wallet on your system, right? And from there, they can actually then uh, force you to, um, you know, disclose or, or open uh, your digital wallet and see the transactions in that digital wallet under court order, right? And uh, now, interestingly, this deck was leaked on Twitter by a CPA. And uh, 
So, um, but what this means is that the IRS is not, uh, you know, turning a blind eye to the to these traders, particularly the traders, which is actually more so of a, a tax income because those profits are kind of like income profits, which will be taxed at a higher rate. Uh, whereas if you're just holding Bitcoin for the long term, that and then you could possibly, uh, or you should be able to use the um, long term capital gains. Um, tax which is at a reduced rate than your uh, regular income and the other thing that they've started doing which is uh, again uh, to keep in mind is that they've started uh, tracking people's social media activity and uh, and then being able to kind of see okay who are these people that are perhaps bragging about their investments and or their returns or their holdings um, and, and and track you down so um, now the interesting thing is that the IRS's subpoena power uh, applies to both civil cases as well as uh, criminal ones, right? So um, they could actually go after um, um, anybody using these powers and be able to get access uh, to your digital wallet or uh, at least your history of transactions from which they can pretty easily determine if you've been making money or if you've realized the gain. So be careful. Um, and with that, I will wrap it up. It's been a wee bit of a long um, podcast. Thank you so much. And um, look forward to speaking to you next week. God bless.